Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is the chief petitioner from the Oregon People's Rebate, Antonio Gisbert. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, Antonio, thank you for doing this. Uh, you've been reaching out to me over the last uh, few weeks to get, to get on the podcast and talk about the Oregon People's Rebate. Uh, let's just get right into it. What is the Oregon People's Rebate? Uh, thank you very for the opportunity to tell uh, your audience about what we're trying to do. The Oregon People's Rebate is a statewide ballot initiative that we are qualifying for the November 2022 general election. So not 2020, but 2022. What it would do is that it would rebate every Oregonian about $750 every year. By every Oregonian, we mean exactly that. Um, Every person who lives in Oregon, at least 200 days of the year. So basically, you're not disqualified if you're a certain tax bracket, if you, if you make too much. Now, with minors, if you're under 18, so 17 and under, would it be that whoever claims them as a dependent would then receive the rebate? That, that's correct. Yeah. And, and that is, um, yeah. Whoever so, the, the, the dependents as the dependent that year as a dependent. I mean, the divorce court normally uh, the parents normally switch that every other year. Right. So that, that so seven hundred and fifty dollars, and it would be on your tax return. Would it be included in the earned income income credit? No. So we expect that most people will claim the rebate on their tax form because it's probably just easier to just check check a box. But in fact, uh, you don't have to file taxes to claim the rebate. Oh, wow. So you can imagine a scenario where, where in January, right, a family of four um, thinks that they, they want to claim the rebate right then and there. And because, say, they want to use the $3,000 sooner rather than later. And so then they would, you know, you would claim the rebate on a state form, you know. I mean, it, it should be a very low barrier of entry to get the rebate, right? Just your name, uh, you attest that you live in Oregon for more than 200 days, uh, boom, you get the rebate. Wow. And that's good because there is a lot of people that for different reasons don't file a tax return. I mean, I know people on disability, you don't pay taxes on that. So that's, that's actually really good to know. So the big question that everybody's going to have, how is it paid for? Sure. Uh, it's paid for by increasing the minimum tax of for corporations, for the largest corporations doing business in Oregon. These are corporations that sell more than 
$25 million worth of stuff in the state. So you're thinking of like um, Comcast, uh, Walmart, um, Bank of America, um, Fred Meyer stores. These are, these are not small, medium, mom and pop shops. Your local coffee shop does not sell $68,000 worth of coffee a day. They do not meet the $25 million per year standard and, and therefore would not be affected by the, the higher minimum tax. Um, like I said, I, I'm currently these giant corporations pay less than 1% in, in taxes, uh, like less than one eighth of 1% in fact, the new minimum would be 3%. And for comparison, you and I as Oregonians, we pay between 5% and 9.9% in taxes, depending on how much money we earn, right? So, so is, we're talking strictly state taxes. Um, on this part, they're being because it's taxed by the state because this is only being done for the state of Oregon. Correct. correct. Right. right. And it applies to Oregon corporations. We've done some research. There's about 2000 Oregon corporations who are big enough to qualify for the new minimum. And then also out of state corporations doing business in Oregon. Right. So that's that, really important. Yeah, right. So then one of the big concerns anytime you tax big business, big corporations is that the company is going to leave. And so for this, what, what would you tell people that that's their concern? Uh, so, uh, so corporations, so there's that, that, that fear, um, it, it's pretty unfounded for various reasons. Number one, uh, most of these corporations are already not Oregon corporations. Right. So you think of Walmart, right? Um, that's not, that's not an Oregon corporation. And neither really is Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer is owned by Kroger and they're a Cincinnati, Ohio corporation. So, you know, Walmart and Fred Meyer are, are not going to go anywhere because importantly, you cannot outsource the customers in Oregon. Right. I mean, we, you know, we're going to need food and we're going to need uh, cable service and, and we're going to need the stuff that we need. So it makes no sense for, for Comcast or Walmart to all of a sudden say, we are, we're gonna close all our stores in Oregon, right? That's like no, no corporation ever does that. No. I mean, taxes are higher in California, Nevada, and you know, those corporations are doing just fine there. For everybody, people will, will ask about Nike. Well, is Nike going to leave? I, I do not know. I don't have a crystal ball, right? But it, would it wouldn't benefit Nike at all to leave because of the Oregon people's rebate because the tax, they only have to pay a tax for the stuff that they sell in the state of Oregon. Right. So if they leave and they go to Ireland, say, tax shelter, sure. uh, they're still going to be selling shirts down in Eugene and, and shoes down in Eugene in Oregon. And so that's the same tax. So it doesn't really, it's designed to, to neutralize that, that criticism. So it's not, it's not a tax on, it's, it's not the business based on their address at all. It has nothing to do with where they're located. It's based on where they're doing business. So if the profits are made in Oregon, that's what will be taxed. That's exactly right. And that is why, go ahead. That is kind of why we call it a rebate. It is very much like if you go to a big box store to buy a TV and, and there's an instant $100 rebate at the register, 
or a bag of potato chips might have a $1 instant rebate coupon on it, right? You peel it off the bag of potato chips, you go to register, you give it to them, they take a dollar off, right? It's the same way. It's, it's our money. It's, a, the, it's our money when we go buy at these large retailers, these large corporations, we get a rebate off of the money that we give them, right. which is about a 3%. So you kind of already answered this, um, but how would this affect small businesses? So you had mentioned before that the cutoff is businesses that are making $68,000 a day, which equates to $25 million a year. And is that in profits that they're making or is that in sales? Sales or income. Yeah. Okay. It's so, just like you and I, we pay taxes on our income. This is like a corporation's income in okay. the state of Oregon. So in it would so small business. I don't think that we would call a small business a business that's bringing in twenty five million dollars in sales. That does get a little tricky when the margins are small for some businesses, and I understand that that fear. But uh, you, I mean, what would you say to that? It's it's not really going to affect small businesses. Well, it 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 actually is absolutely going to affect small businesses, but in a good way, right? So think of your local coffee shop, right? Um, for example, um, uh, 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 Theos in Eugene, sure, or, or or like Espresso Roma, Espresso Roma, right? You know, every they do not sell twenty five million, sixty eight thousand dollars worth of coffee a day. There's, there's, I, I do not know, but it just doesn't seem like it. But like that's a thing. No. Right. <laughs> However, every single one of the customers in that store it's going to have an additional $750 in their pocket. Now, we all don't have to buy, you know, $750 worth of coffee, but, but maybe, you know, uh, you and I will get another Danish or another cup. And, and so then it's going to help the small business community, the small, medium business community, right? I mean, it's important when we talk about the own people's rebate, for, for the individual voter, right? For you, it's about $750. For your family of four, it's about $3,000. That makes a big difference. Yeah. But then when you think about it from a community perspective and the opportunity that the Young People's Review is gonna bring back into our communities, right? Then the numbers get giant. So we have, um, on our webpage, we have this section called Deep Dive where you can look up where your community um, the impact of the Urban People's Rebate in your community. And in Springfield, for example, it would be $46 million or so. That, that is to say, the Springfield community is going to be collectively $46 million richer. Put into the economy, right. Right. I mean, so it, it's been shown that when you give people money, particularly people who are not millionaires, they normally spend it on what, what they need to do, right? Um, the, the current um, $1,200 um, uh, pandemic assistance checks sort of are, are an example of this, right? People use that money to buy food, to pay for rent, right? Basic services that are spent in the community. Right. And so this is going to be a little bit like that. And I think the $750, I like the way that you're framing it with, with the way that you're marketing this. And I'm going to talk about that at the end, how people can find out more information. 
but the $750 is for an individual. So if you're a single citizen in Oregon, you're no children, that's what you would get. But like you had kind of talked about before, a family of four, you know, say that you, you and your partner have two children. Uh, usually the average is like one and a half kids, I think, but I don't know how half kids work. <laughs> no, but so a family of four, it's, it works out to be like $3,000. That is very significant because I think that the average citizen could look at their either tax return or tax burden at the end of the year. And, you know, it's somewhere in that range a lot of times. So sometimes this could mean that an, a middle-class family might not have a tax burden at the end of the year. And I think that that's pretty significant. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's, there's value as well in the money coming in as a, as a lump, right? Uh, instead of being like $67 every month, right? To get for that family to get, uh, or, or whatever, 3,000 divided by, uh, by 12 comes out to be. When you get those 3,000 bucks to that family of four, that is awesome, right? And, and then talking to folks about how they would use the, the rebate, it's an amazing, beautiful experience because it really brings a window into, into, into that person's life. Right. Uh, so anecdotally, a long time ago, I did a, um, a, a newspaper interview uh, on the phone and I, and I asked, the, the, the person interviewed me, I asked them, what would you use the $700 for? And their reply was, you know, that they would get, they would finally get their teeth fixed. Apparently, dental work, well, dental work is expensive. We all know that. And this this reporter has been spacing out dental work according to his ability to pay. But if he got these seven hundred fifty bucks, he could just get it done all at once, and it'd be a lot better. Yeah. And so that's that's wonderful, it right? Life changing. Yeah, I mean, you could do, you know. $3,000 gets you a pretty decent car, right? Um, I've definitely had cars that were, that paid less than that for, sure. um, but they were not very decent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so like the sky is really the limit. I mean, for example, like if you, even if you say, oh, I do not need the money, we can talk about what you can do with it, that you can actually decline the rebate if you want to, and then it goes to state to pay for basic services. But if you do not need the money, I mean, you can obviously, donate it to whatever worthy cost you, you, you want to donate it to. Right. Like you say, if you have a mortgage, you can pay your mortgage up early and then, and then that will make a giant difference in the, Oh my gosh, that's significant. That's actually, it's funny right? because you didn't ask me the question as far as what I would put it to. But now that you say that, that's exactly what I would put it to because full disclosure, that's roughly my half of my mortgage, you know, is, is roughly $750, you know? And so we refinanced our house and during the pandemic, which was a really good time to do it because the interest rates are low and not to get off point. But uh, by doing that, we agreed that even though we're making less of a payment every year or every month, we're going to go ahead and continue to pay. We cut it in half how much less we were saving so that we're making one extra payment a year. And that lowers your mortgage by seven years by right. how much you have to pay it. So that's significant not to get too off track, but yeah, that's absolutely life-changing for a family. So there's been a lot of comparisons to the Alaskan permanent fund dividend. Uh, can you tell me some similarities and some differences between that? And, and for anybody not familiar, I'm not super versed on it, but isn't that fund everybody that lives in Alaska because of oil, they get compensated by the government, by the state. 
So can you tell me some of the similarities and the, and the differences between that? Yeah. When, um, uh, some of the folks who were, uh, who have been really involved, uh, particularly early on in the process, uh, they're from Alaska. And, and so we did quite a bit of research on how the Alaska permanent fund dividend works, what works well about it and what doesn't. Uh, like you said, Patty, the Alaska permanent, the Alaska permanent fund dividend is funded. It's an extraction tax. Um, and so the closest we could have something like that in Oregon and we, and if we did, we would probably use timber, right? Timber sales, but, but we don't, so it's fine. Um, and so what it is, the, the way it works is that I think that, uh, every, every Alaskan gets about 1200 bucks, depends on the year, uh, uh, worth of, worth of, um, they, they call it there a, a dividend, uh, we call it a, a rebate, but the way, like on the ground, when you talk to an Alaskan, it's like that's awesome real money, right? So, um, so for example, say like, you know, stores in Alaska will have sales whenever the dividend comes out, and mm -hmm. sort of like they'll encourage folks to to spend their dividend in in their store, right? And, and for families, is again, it's a chunk of money that really can help a family, for example, uh, get the uh, secure deposit for to be able to move to a better apartment, right? This, this little um, sort of like, particularly if you're low income, there are little sticking points and traps that keep you from getting ahead. And, and what you often need is just a, like a little bit of extra liquidity, a, a little bit of extra cash on hand to you know, to be able to fix your car so that it is reliable, so that you do you're not late to work and you do not get fired, right? So I would say the difference with uh, Oregon timber, for example, and I know that's not what we're talking about either, but timber is re is put back into like they they take trees down, they replant them. With the oil in Alaska, they're not putting it back into the ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I I think that that's one of the differences between these two things is that this is kind of the cost of doing business for these massive corporations where we need to, you know, people can call it what they want, uh, democratic socialism, where they're, where they're redistributing the wealth because these companies are making an enormous amount of profits and paying very little tax. So somebody that had talked about this kind of model is Andrew Yang. Is that true? I mean, Andrew Yang was talking about a value added tax. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Not, not really. Um, uh, yeah, people often ask if this is like the universal basic income. And, um, and it really is more like the Alaska Permanent Fund dividend be, for, the, for, this, for the simple reason that nobody can live on $750. Sure. So, so it's, it's, it's just not that. Um, and the value-added tax is sort of like really kind of pretty complicated, and, and I'm not super expert on it. Uh, but I, th I think that the, the simplest way to understand the, the Oregon people's rebate is that corporations in, in Oregon can pay one of two different taxes and they always pay the lowest, the lower one of the two. Um, I'm sorry, they, 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 they pay, they have to pay the higher one of the two. I apologize for that. But the higher one of the two is still super, super low. It's like one eighth of 1%. Uh, and that's the thing that we raised to 3%. And it's really just an income tax, like, the way you and I pay an income tax, you know, Comcast, Walmart should pay an income tax too. 
and, and so it, and it goes directly to the people you know yes right that's kind of the it, cool thing about it that it's not that it goes directly to the people and it doesn't become a financial instrument like the alaska Permanent fund dividend which is like there's the in alaska they, they pull all this money from this non-renewable source that you were talking about into a financial instrument and then that gets invested and da, 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 and then the interest of that the dividend gets paid out wow that that turns out to so then there's like this giant pool of money somewhere floating around in like wall street or somewhere sure and then every about every decade people in alaska get into like huge fights about raiding that giant pool of money um well the way we structure the people's rebate is that there is no giant pool of money whatever money extra money comes into the state every year it gets divided equally among everybody in Oregon, you know, regardless of, of, of whatever, right? If you're an Oregonian, you, you get it, an equal share of that. And so then there's like no giant pool of money to fight over. <laughs> so then if it's $750 is set for how long? Because that, like, for example, with the pandemic, the, um, the tax... What what is being brought in tax revenue for the for the local government is going to be less because people were not working for certain times. There's been you know a lot of effect to that. So is this set maybe for ten years and then it's reviewed after ten years or is because how do you come to the number of seven hundred and fifty dollars? Thank you. It's really about seven hundred and fifty dollars because the oil people's rebate is designed to be revenue neutral for the state. And so it's basically whatever extra money comes into the state is divided by the number of people in the state and and that's it so it's an average so so there's give or take there's going to be better years and worse years we figure that it's going to bring in about three billion dollars of money into the state and there's about four million oregonians so then you do a quick math and it comes out to about 750. right but this year is going to be different, of course, but years past, and I'm sure you've done your research. How consistent is it? Is it pretty, pretty st- flat? Like as far as how much money is coming in from that fund would be, I mean, cause you've done the models, I'm sure. So is it pretty flat year to year? Is it pretty consistent or is there peaks and valleys? Yeah. You know, it's pretty, um, it, it's pretty flat. And then, and, but, but also if you think about, um, if you think about main street, and compared to Wall Street, right? Over the past recent history, there's been consolidation in retail, right? So your your small, you know, your your, your coffee shop sort of got taken over by Starbucks, sort of thing. Same thing with grocery stores, right? Now in, in, in Springfield, in Eugene, we have a few independent small grocery stores, but really this, this industry is dominated by by Fred Myers and the giant stores, right? So in, in recent history, whatever the last 20 years, there's been a steady increase in consolidation. And, and so unless that changes, which is kind of That's weird. a good thing if it changes, <laughs> you know, like essentially, yeah. Because if, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, if, it, if you were to get less of a rebate, it's because the money isn't being pooled by 200 companies. It's being spread upon, out, like as far as the small businesses would actually benefit. So if the rebate goes down, that means small businesses like my barbershop, for example, that means that those businesses are starting to see some of, you know, some of the pot. And that's actually a good thing. So I really, I'm optimistic about this. I think it's really good. Now, one of the main reasons that we had to do this today 
is because of COVID and why this was initially the plan was to have it on the 2020 ballot. There's too many moving parts for right now. Getting signatures is very difficult. So what do people do? They go to the website, which is opr2020.org. And then it's, sorry, 2022, opr2022.org. And you can sign up and then they will have to mail back their wet signature. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, your, your audience is probably has probably at some point in time done a, a ballot initiative. You know, n- normally uh, people with clipboards uh, in front of large events, right? So because of social distancing, we, we, we can't do that. Um, or it's extremely difficult to do that safely. Um, it's possible, but so what, what, we've, what we are doing right now is collecting the first thousand signatures that we're going to need to qualify for the November 2022 election. So all we need is a thousand, so it's not a giant number. But importantly, because it's an Oregon thing, we're trying to get signatures from across Oregon, right? Uh, under normal times, it'd be really easy to collect a thousand signatures, right? Sure. You just go to any spot full of people and, and just bang, right? But so uh, we can do that now. So we have this sort of remote, remote system where, like you said, if you go to our webpage, opr2022.org, you'll see a link to sign the petition, click on it. You can either download, uh, print, sign, and return uh, a signature sheet uh, returned by mail. Or you can uh, request that I mail you one, and I will mail you a signature sheet with a stamped returned envelope, and you just do it from home, and it, it, it's pretty easy. And that's what I did, because I, I signed the petition, and then I noticed, because I have informed delivery, which is amazing. I don't, I don't know if anyone else uses that, where I can get a little email in the morning, and it tells me what mail is coming, and I'm getting it today. So I will be mailing it back. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool how that, how that whole process works. I think you're doing a good job of being quick and getting it to people. I'm going to do my part. Now, as this gets closer, uh, I'm sure a deadline will come. I don't want to talk about a deadline right now. Cause I don't want to discourage people from just taking it, just doing it, getting it out of the way, but there will come a time where there's a crunch. And if we're still under the, the signatures, I'll have you back on. I'll have you back on regardless when it gets closer. And yes, this seems like a long time, 2022, but time flies. And so anybody listening to this, there's going to be links in the show notes to the website, to the Facebook page, to the Instagram. And it's all the same, you know, basically OPR 2022, 2022. And so, yeah, links will be in the show notes about where you can do the the signing of, you know, to, to request that the petition is mailed to you. And so, yeah, OPR2022.org. Antonio, thank you for doing this. And I, you know, we'll, we'll touch back with you in the future and see how the progress is going with this, but I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it as well. I'm going to end this with a song that I thought was sort of fitting. This is a song I made years ago. Uh, it's called never enough by me, self-esteem boat, Willie, AKA Patty Rose. So this is never enough. Antonio. Thanks a lot. Thank you very I was disconnected but still affected by those who I surrounded Had lost interest and felt so distant my tears they were drowning But now I see the standards are set from within I found the strength to not sink or swim I 
motivators. Thanks to the motivators, releasing hate from every places. Tip my cap to the glow creators, my smiles on a child's face. This is the only purpose worth it. Every parent knows that no one is perfect. You can give it your all, but it's never enough. You can try and stand tall, but you never feel tough. You can mask your insecurities and bottle up your fears inside. But a part of you still hide. You can give it your all, but it's never enough. You can try and stand tall, but you never feel tough. You can mask your insecurities and bottle up your fears inside. But a part of you still hide. Behind a hardened exterior, inside you feel you're inferior. Can't live up, don't give up, just get up And dust yourself off the trust that can be gone If you lie to yourself about the level of courtesy Hope no one, you're no fun, it hurts to see Narcissism succeed, decisions in need All your loved ones get desperate and they feel they should leave But you never feel tough You can mask your insecurities And bottle up your fears inside But a part of you still hides